0: Welcome back to following No Adonis Stormlight podcast. This week is episode 183, and we are in the Hero of Ages, chapter 71
1: through 75. Paul, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be here for what, our 18th, third, or however, <laughs> 80, <83th laughs> um episode. So really excited about that. Um, we're really surprisingly close to 200, which both feels like it's time for that, and also equally feels like, how are we at 200 weekly episodes? We're not there, but not, not far off, you know? We'll be I
0: think right smack dab in the middle of air, too, when we hit it. I think we'll be finished with, like, Shadows of Self or something. Elliot, how are you?
2: Speaking, on, speaking about on the on verge or on the, the cusp of, of getting there, we're almost done with this book. I can, can almost taste it. One more episode. 70, 70 pages left in my copy.
0: Well, we've learned that your copy is not to be trusted. So
2: We have learned this. highly suspicious, but in my
1: ruined adapted
2: copy, 70 pages left.
1: Alright. His his cup is absolutely been altered by ruin. ruined. Ruined. Yes. Uh, yes, it's been ruined.
0: I I have the original <coughs> uh, excuse me. And I apologize if I sound a little nasally this week, I'm fighting off a cold. Um I have the original, but I think in this case, Elliot, yours is going to be more accurate because yours is the second edition which we have discovered. Um But in the Mistborn world, that would mean mine would be more accurate because yours has been altered. But regardless, chapters 71 through 75, the penultimate episode of The Hero of Ages. Elliot, you can take us on a brief summary.
2: Okay, let's hit it. Chapter 71, Sazed and the Chondra very oh, yeah. notes, learning stuff, and a drop this that Oh that yeah. they have the ATM. All of it. A massive pile of it. Right there. And Homeland. So, mystery solved. There's the ATM. In Chapter 72, Vin gets back to Luthadel and goes to Cretic Shaw and promptly gets swarmed by no th- less than 13 Inquisitors and has a pretty gruesome showdown with Marsh. Some rather momentous things happen, not least of which Vin manages to suck into herself or, I don't even know how to, how to describe it, take in all the mists. All of them. Like, literally all of them. From everywhere. Sucks them all in. Comes the mist. Some cool scenes. And then vanishes? Apparently?
3: Ooh.
2: Something like that? And
3: then she's gone.
2: Yeah, and that's the last we see of Vin. For these chapters, because in 74 you go back to Ellen and Yeoman, who are they kind of make up. They're like friends again. And the chapter. is kind of cute. And then chapter 75, back to Seyzed, who is making some progress. He's learning some things. The Chandra are kind of challenging sayzed on his beliefs and kind of challenging his thoughts on questioning religion. And then to kind of close out this set of chapters, the second generation Kondra, stage it two, and take over against the first generation Kondra who are supposed to be in charge. And that's where we leave them. Cliffhanger there. You're welcome. Um It's a Sandalan sheet, we can't avoid it,
0: right? You're right. The only way to avoid it would have been just to assign you the rest of the book. Um and even then I'm not sure if there would be no cliffhangers. But um And chapter what seventy three then absorbs all the mist and evaporates. And then in 74 and 75, we have everybody all around the Empire reacting to said events. They're doing their reaction videos. So, Vin and or, I'm sorry, Ariane and Breeze are freaking out. And then Saison and the Conjurer are freaking out. And Ellen and um The Omen. Thank you, are freaking out. Banana. Yes, the banana. Uh, the only one who it's like not freaking out, but that's because he's almost dead. Is Marsh? I feel like Marsh is the only one like kind of chill with it. Where should we start?
1: Azim, sure. Sazed. All right. So, I I was gonna vote for Sazed, so this is perfect. Someone go ahead and take it. I'll I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit. So Sazed arrives. He he comes with. <laughs> He comes riding in on Henson, um to the Chondra homeland, which is kind of a kind of abuts. We learn kind of abuts the pits of Hathsin. I don't know if that's something we knew before or not, but we learn. Spoiler alert! A little bit. We learn the ATM is there, and we learn it's kind of because it's near near the pits of Hathsin. It's kind of been their their secret hidden spot. The Lord Ruler could keep it and nobody would know, you know. Um, but as far as Sazed, I'll, I'll go back to that. Sazed arrives in the Contra homeland and basically, um, if you think back to, was it at the beginning of this book that we see Ten Soon effectively in court pleading his case Yes. when he uh, he 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 gives his point of the Lord ruler's gone and all this stuff being being more connected to the world outside of their homeland um he gets sentenced to um life in prison and then makes a dash for it and sprints off you know says it is basically back to say almost not not exactly the same case but uh, similar to Tensun's case, and they even talk about it. They're like, "You've been talking to Tensun, haven't you?" And he's like, "Absolutely, I have been. <laughs> um, guilty, yes, yes." <laughs> um, but th- this is one of the things that I love about Sazed is the 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 moments that Sazed kind of has these. I don't. I'm not calling this. I wouldn't call this like a battle of wits, but like, I, I mean, he, the way Sazed kind of goes about i don't know there there's these moments of like i don't know what to call them debates um theological debates or whatever i don't think debate is the right word for it but he he would just be the best like lawyer he's the most like logical and well-founded and like he's so good in this exact environment that i loved the dialogue i loved every like moment of this he does such a good job of like bringing up points and it's just very creative. And and it's, it's hard to kind of have your zooming out a bit. I feel like as, as the author, I feel like it'd be very challenging to have your dialogue and cleverness live up to this kind of a scene, I guess of 10 soon ends up, sorry, uh, says it ends up in front of the first generation. We get that like big moment here where the first generation, it's like the original people like like they don't have skeletons made up of other things it's just their actual skeletons um and he pleads before the first generation and effectively like wins them over um the second generation ends up being kind of the the messy group there but um pleads his case about the hero of ages and that he's the announcer and this is like these are the reasons why why their religion is true i guess why they should listen why they should act and they're on board a lot a lot happens and stuff it gets it gets a bit dicey after that but Sazed comes and pleads that point and i think this like these scenes and this dialogue like i could reread this several times over and, and enjoy it every single time I, i'm I'm a big sucker for this these scenes um and just kind of the the wittiness the cleverness the wisdom of Sazed. he's just like maybe the most knowledgeable and wise characters that we have around. So, um, yeah, that that's one of the reasons I really like him.
2: I think classic... I'll say classic Hero of Ages style because it feels like this has been happening all book. He makes some great progress. He's learning some good stuff. Talking to the first generation, who we kind of get the impression they don't talk to anybody. So the fact that they're even... Willing to talk is, it seems like, okay, progress. Maybe we've got a chance at this. And then by the end of this, are we feeling good about it? And then second generation have to come in and mess it all up. Like, oh man. We're, we had a little hope here and then just dashed. Stinking Canpar or whatever his name is.
0: Are the second generation ruined plants? Or are they
3: just.
0: Acting out of self-preservation.
2: Oh man!
3: All, all the
0: references
2: in, in <laughs> sentences.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's a big red herring, Trevor. Excuse me. Come on. What have you read this before? I, don't know. I mean, they are all spiked, I guess. It's yeah, just see. different. I don't see? know. Uh huh. If you... just the second generations, you know. I mean, there's there's people that get behind. Kung Par and everything going on, so it's not like he's the only one, but
3: you know.
2: That, that thought did not occur to me as I was writing this that that could have been a, a ruined, influenced action. I think I was caught up in the whole they've just fallen to the I don't want to die, so I'm going to fight against the what they think is about to come down, which is the, the mass suicide order. That's that's what they're worried about here. Is in the contract that the that they have. What do they, call do they call it like the first contract or something like that.
0: Yeah. Which, to be fair, that's fair. You know, if you if you're born and you say you one day you may have to commit suicide, and then it doesn't come for nine hundred years, and then it finally does come, you might be a little hesitant to uh, to carry through with that.
2: And so I was thinking it was just that of they've they've decided, no, I don't want to do what ordered in our creation of we all have to kill ourselves. But they do got spikes in them and ruins kind of everywhere doing all the things. So maybe I should be thinking a little more about that. I don't know. We're, surely we're going to find out in the next couple of pages here a few pages away from the answer.
0: Surely.
3: There's only so many pages left. <clears throat> so
1: one thing I want to say also. So it at that part says he's the announcer and says that Ven is the hero of ages. That's that's his that's his announcement. That's his claim. Elliot, how do you feel?
3: Ooh, Are you sorry, like- I'm glad you asked. I'm I'm very glad you asked.
2: Sazed says Vin is the Hero of Ages. I think they even start comparing notes in Chapter 71. The, the note I wrote down is a little vague, but they seem to like agree that Vin is the Hero of Ages. They kind of nod, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Hero of Ages, Vin, yeah. Uh, that was not incorrectly changed by, by Ruin. And yet, the epigraphs.
0: Uh, epigraphs are cheating. I Hyper, real epigraphs are cheating. They're not. You can use them. It,
2: there's a lot of information. <laughs> there's a lot of information given to us in, the, in these epigraphs in this book. Very explicitly spelled out. Here's how the magic Elliot, works. Here's what's going on.
0: You're just supposed to ignore them, like you did last book. Don't read them. Just skip them. Just I did. Just move on. It's Don't like worry starting about starting the them. way of kings. Right. Exactly. That, that doesn't mean anything to me. Moving on it doesn't there.
1: make much sense.
0: You know.
2: There, there will be, there will be tables flipped. You're gonna the, the cameras thrown against walls. Last book, I gave up on the epigraphs when I shouldn't, and in this book, I go all in on the epigraphs, only to find out that they are again lies, and I've been misled intentionally, which is probably going to be the, it's ruined or whatever. I will be furious. I'll be see it on camera. Ruins if that the happens. hero of ages. Oh goodness! Based on, on the epigraphs.
3: Take however many grains of salt need to accompany that, based on the epigraphs. Can't be Vin. It, it just can't. But why? None.
2: N- none of what the epigraphs talk about are are Vin. We talked about this briefly last episode. Vin is the impulsive one. Vin is the jump in. She's emotional. She's not the scholar. She's not the logical one. She's not the one that's going to sit down and explain allergy to you over the course of. 15 chapters, like we got in Part 3, I want to guess. It just doesn't sound like her. On top of that, I found, a clue. I found a clue. It's an obvious clue. Surely it's not that hidden. Chapter 74. The epigraph for Chapter 74 very specifically, clearly, I think beyond a shadow of doubt, is describing Vin and talking about her in the third person. Uh-huh Third person describing in detail why Vin was selected by Ruin and the specific situation where she's a misborn, her sister was a seeker, her mother was crazy. Ruin saw the opportunity. All right, spike in Vin. Now I can impact, you know, eventually get her to free me, yada, 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 yada. You know,
0: the
2: first epigraph, chapter one. Hold on, I'm almost there with my. uh Three board yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the final red thread ties all the way back to the first chapter of this book that says, Unfortunately, Hero of Ages. So, if I connect all my dots, the speaker says, I'm the Hero of Ages, which I guess I'm trusting the speaker, and then later in this sub- 74, the speaker talks about Vin, therefore, clearly. But says it in the Condra seems to have just decided that Vin is the hero of ages.
0: It gives. You know. for the amateur first reader, I can understand how that part of the, that chapter 74 epigraph would be interesting. But you skipped the most interesting part of that epigraph, in my opinion. The very last part of that epigraph. She had an insane mother, sister was a seeker, and was herself misborn. That was precisely the combination Ruin needed. There were other reasons, of course, but even Ruin didn't know them. That's the cool part about that epigraph. And you missed yes, it.
2: You know what it's talking about? Well, that's, that's, back to, that's back to like one epigraph that it's like,
0: okay, we'll learn that someday. Yeah,
2: maybe you should know what you're talking about.
3: By next week Spoilers. By next week you'll know who the hero of Ages is. Ellen. But we've talked about Ellen in the third person too. He's trying to throw somebody off. I have no clue. Mm
0: -hmm. Hey, I asked you Okay, so the to bring back old Elliot quotes, I've asked you what the odds that Marsh was the hero of Ages. And you said not zero percent, you said like 05 percent, and then I asked you what the odds that he dies in this book, and you said one hundred percent. So you were you were more confident that he would be dead by the end of the book than he was not the hero of ages. Correct. To put that on its head. So
2: I also I also think I spun wild theories maybe in like the end of the last book about how maybe there is no single hero of ages and that it's more a, you know, anybody can stand up and assume the mantle and face the challenge and be the thing as opposed to the, the chosen one side. of okay. things. I
3: don't know how I feel about that here. 70 pages before the end of the book yet, but it
2: could be true. Maybe I guess
0: I have another Elliot quote to bring up. Oh dear, behind a stormlight spoiler at the end of the episode. Ah, I have an I have Ooh. a question for Elliot, but it requires more Cosmere knowledge on
1: a prediction that he has made previously. So, okay, okay. I am going to take it a little bit further here. So, um they they so said with the contra here, kind of talking about they're saying Vin is the hero of ages. That's what they've been saying. And kind of sort of part of that argument is the Lord Ruler is dead at the hands of Vin. And Tensoon as mentioned before, kind of like we should since since Vin killed the, the Lord Ruler, we should follow Vin. And and I think we as the readers know, I think we could confidently say, like, you know, Ten Soon, or sorry, Vin didn't, like, inherit the Lord Ruler's power or anything like that. But do you think that he was, the the Lord Ruler was the, the quote, hero of ages or whatever, and Ven kind of got that, and then Vin is passing that off? Not passing that off. Do you think... Like that would go to whoever's next after Vin. Um, or uh, additional part to this question: the Vin poofing away is—is she—is she still the Hero of Ages poofed away? Like, is she, um, or is she just gone? Is someone else going to become the Hero of Ages, or, or what? Like, what what do you think with all that? Well, let, me... Really Elliot, <laughs> let me really, Elliot, interview time. <laughs> Let me pile on further with,
2: with more, more questions rather than, than answers. You, you, you keyed right into it so that the scene where he absorbs all the mists and, and moves away. Okay. You can make some comparisons here because alright, Ra- Rashek, Lord Ruler, takes the power from the Well of Ascension, keeps it. Keeps the power. That is the power of preservation. So, in this, in this moment, or from that point on, I, I view the Lord Ruler as embodiment of preservation, or wielding the power of preservation. Vessel is a, maybe a Cosmere term that I'm hesitant to use. I don't want to go that far yet, but that's kind of the same conversation. Maybe, maybe Vessel.
0: Same conversation, yep.
2: Then, in the scene we're about to dissect, takes in all of the mist seems to then get a ridiculous amount of power. We've just been revealed that the mists are preservation, or, or at least strongly heavily pointed at the mists are not ruined, the mists are preservation in sucks all that in and becomes you now the wielder of preservation's power.
0: According to the Condra, yes. That's what Condra like, told says it that the mists are Preservation's body, and they told him that the Hero of Ages is Preservation's successor. Vin has absorbed all of the mists.
2: And so when you ask questions like, is Vin
3: the scion of the Lord Ruler? Like, in a lot of ways, it seems like absolutely yes, in the sense of, a wielder of preservation's power. Definitely. There's a there's uh,
0: Distinction that I want to talk about, but it gets a little Cosmere
1: spoilery. I I was gonna say I'm actually so this is my second read through of this. However, you know, I haven't this is this is the deepest read-through I've had. You know, like us discussing it, going through it week by week. You know, way more attention to detail than my first read was. I'm kind of eager at this. This, I honestly, like, full transparency, I'm not, not entirely certain on. I'm excited to kind of wrap up the book. And I'm sure Trevor will have some, like, I don't know, words of Brandon that will, you know, shift a lot of stuff. You know, I'm sure there's been a lot of questions asked about this. At some point or another, and I'm I'm kind of curious to know myself. It may, it may be that I don't remember, and it's explained in the following chapters that we'll look at next week. But you know, that I I still have I still have questions about this, and I feel like Trevor probably knows more. Um, I will make a note and visit
0: this at the end of the episode. <clears throat>
2: Without going into spoilers for elsewhere, I just had a bit of a thought. It's a bit of an incomplete thought. And it's a little late in this book to be throwing out predictions. <laughs> okay. But I, I think I need to pull on this thread. I, I just had a thought. What if, okay, so we're we comparing the Lord Ruler and Vin, I just, uh, the wielder of power. We've kind of been equating the hero, or oh, I should for myself. I've kind of been equating the mm-hmm. term hero of ages with that being. Okay. What what if that's what if that's wrong? What if what if that's fully incorrect? That the wielder of preservation's power and the hero of ages are different roles. What if what if go back to the the previous book and the revelation or is it two books ago? That the the revelation that lindy oh, I wanna say is the character's name who was like supposedly the hero of ages, and then Rasha kills him, takes the power. What if lindy was the hero of ages? Um, fulfilled the, the actions of the hero of ages which was to die and allow someone else to take the the power of of preservation now now fast forward right who almost dies as vin is in that that moment is Ellen right mm-hmm. Ellen is there almost dies Vin takes on the power. We still kind of talk about Vin of the Hero of Ages. But what if in that moment Ellen was the, the Hero of Ages and but, Vin is the the other role?
0: But now we just had a scene where she's both. Vin almost dies, and then Vin takes the power of preservation.
2: Right. So, so just, what are she, the what are the
0: differences is now? She like yeah. both?
2: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Or yeah, you're you're starting I'm starting to scare myself now because who else is there in that scene? Well it's Marsh. Yeah, so uh, yeah, is is Marsh now one of these roles, or, or I, the other character's name is popping into my head is actually Kelsier now at this at this moment. Okay, because it, and not necessarily in that he's showing these scenes. All we all we've seen, as far as I know, is Ruin impersonate Kelsier, but Kelsier also died to enable what's happened in the you know the ensuing stories what if what if we did hearken all the way back to that and name kelsier as the hero of ages that then enabled all this and and why i'm grasping on these the straws so hard is i've been struggling with the the phrase i am unfortunately hero of ages yeah well if I've been trying to figure out why Why is whoever the Hero of Ages is not so thrilled with the fact that they're
0: the Hero of Ages.
2: If the role of the Hero of Ages is to
3: die, that would be unfortunate.
0: Unfortunately.
3: So, it's not a fully
2: thought out theory, but I wanted to spew that on you because it just popped in my brain as we were dying talking through some of that. What does that mean for the not so many pages left in this
0: book? I don't, I have no idea. All right. Fresh off of those random thoughts that you just had, I'm going to ask you to cast your final darts. One episode before the end of the, the book, who's who? Put titles on people. Come on.
3: Where's your predictions? Oh, goodness.
2: I. Yeah, there's a lot that doesn't quite line up, so I'm not super certain in my dart throwing. But Vin is not the Hero of Ages. I'm very certain of that. Okay. Vin is not the Hero of Ages. She, she is some other role, which, yeah, wielder of preservation's power. That is Vin. She is not the Hero of Ages. So who is? Who is the Hero of Ages? It's either... It's e- I shouldn't say either. You're you're forcing me to make a make a
3: call here.
0: You, you can talk yourself through it, for sure. But by the end of it, there's no either.
2: I want to say Elland because he seems to fit the role equivalent to a Lindy in a lot of ways okay. for me. But you pointed out something as I talked about my sleuthing that uncovered that referring to Finn in the third person. You're, I think you're right have referred to Ellen in the third person as if, if you're so discounting
0: if Vin you're discounting Ellen for the same reason
2: I, I th- yes I think so so because of that I'm gonna go out on a limb and for like dramatic cross trilogy arc
3: reasons say that they're gonna discover the hero of ages somehow healthier.
0: Is that a meta answer because Kelsier is so popular and Kelsier can't be that popular if he's just dead and gone in book one?
2: No, I don't think so. That is something I'm going to talk about in the end of this book, no matter what happens. Why the heck is Kelsier so popular and well-known when he's not even in the second two books? Yeah, still, still don't understand how that's a fact. But I think even without that, even if Kelsier does not reappear in these next couple of, of chapters, I like the symmetry that might be formed by Kelsier's martyrdom
0: filling the role of the
2: Hero of Ages, and our heroes are going to figure that out somehow.
0: They do bring him back up in this episode, in this chapter. Caesar, like has an Briefly internal remained. thought of like the Martyr God is a um, a common thread in religions, and then he's like, "Oh wait, Kelsier did the same thing for the Church of the Survivor." Yeah. Okay, I have
3: kind
1: of a shift. It's not, it's not like a big shift, but you were mentioning this earlier, Elliot, and I was uh, curious to ask. So you mentioned you were talking about all the times when there's been a similar-ish, relatable interaction of, um. What Elindi and Rashik, right? And we're talking about Vin yeah. and Marsh. I I want to talk about that scene. How how do you feel about Marsh in that moment? You know? He, he pulls out the earring and and ah. then and like all the stuff we were talking about, right? Um, all the stuff we were talking about just now with Vin harnessing all of this power, the uh, Uh, preservation's power is because of marsh she would have died had he not done what he did and kind of took was was able to have have just enough control over ruins control of him yep to to do that and i i want to know i want to know i want to know your thoughts on the whole marsh scenario here yeah
3: epic epic scene Brutal scene, as well. Absolutely brutal. One one is. of the most in this point so far.
1: I will say it, in in, I mean in anything Cosmere, I think it may be the most. Like they they kind of offhandedly say what's going on that's so gruesome. <laughs> yeah, but like Vin is having every body in her every bone in her body broken. Like he's breaking her. Every he's going finger by finger, just snapping him, her limbs, like like it's really gruesome. I didn't remember this being this gruesome from the first reread. And I was like, if if they put this on screen, I feel like they're gonna have to <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 a bit different of, of intensity if it's if this is just a fight and he's strangling her and does this, or if this is like we're watching every bone in her body be snapped. And hearing like that, that pain, you know, like that that's pretty that's really dark. Like that that's really tough to stomach. But anyways, anyways.
0: Right. A couple weeks ago I made a video essay on the diversity of the Cosmere and how in adapting it you'd have to dabble into a lot of different genres. I put the Hero of Ages in horror. Like the Hero of Ages if if it was truly adapted to what the book is, it's a horror film. Like there there's mm-hmm. there's some thriller, there's some action, but it's it's a horror film.
3: I have That's a
2: I, I have a pretty vivid imagination. It's it's one of the reasons I love reading fantasy is to picture these, you know, epic scenes in my mind as I read them. There are sometimes when I don't enjoy having a vivid imagination and, and these are the kinds of scenes where yes, even though it's not described in a lot of detail, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all squeamish. And in these moments, it, uh, it makes my skin crawl. There's another part of this scene. I'm going to get to what you're poking at here in a second, Paul. I want to, I want to take it like kind of bit by bit. There's the, there's the brutal torture aspect of it. There's another scene, though, actually right before that that I wanted to read because it was so cool of a moment for me that actually reminded me of a moment in Yumi. I won't talk about it because I don't want to spoil it, but it, uh, it, it, you'll know what I'm talking about one night when I read it here if you've read Yumi or listened to our episodes. This is before Ben gets like taken down by Marsh. She blasted through the sky, mists streaking past her, the force of her push straining even her mist-enhanced body with the stress of sudden acceleration. And then she was out. She emerged into the open air like a fish leaping from the water. Beneath her, the mist covered the nighttime land as an enormous white blanket. Around her was open air, unsettling, strange. Above her, a million stars, normally visible only to using tin enhanced sight, watched her like the eyes of those long dead. Her momentum ran out, and she spun quietly. Whiteness below, light above. He noticed that she'd trailed a line of mist on his main cloud. This hung like a tether, ready to pull her back down. In fact, all the mists were spinning slightly in an enormous weather pattern. A whirlpool white. I love the descriptive moments that we do get, and that was one of them. That was that was where Sanderson really leaned into the "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you see, visualize this this scene." So that I'd, I I had to read it because it was super cool with her shooting up above the mist, seeing the stars, seeing the swirling white mist, super cool. She comes back down, then the brutal torture happens. Then we get the the event:
3: Marsh rebels against ruin his moment
0: actually after that or it, this is the point so you just read a part where ben is absorbing the mist that's why it's reacting the way it is in that reading that this is okay that's after the her earring is pulled out
2: but oh you're right you're right you're right yes good clarification thank you yeah because it said mist enhanced hours yeah that's right marsh has been planning this the entire time He's been under the forced control of Ruin and has been saying, I'm going to play it cool. I'm going to not fight it. I'm going to let Ruin relax, forget to control me, and find my one brief moment where I can do something. And his original plan was just to kill himself. I I need my moment to kill myself, to take myself out of this equation. He doesn't do that. He does get a moment where Ruin, I think, is focused on Vin, Or maybe the ecstasy of the torture and all that, who knows like interpret that how you will. And what does Marsh do with it? He removes the earring in Vin's ear. And the puzzle pieces
3: slotted together.
0: So just real quick on this on this scene, I remember the first time I listened to this. I was at work. I was doing nothing like super um. Important. I was driving heavy machinery, so I was in, in like the machine in the vehicle alone. And as um, it, I I had not caught onto this like Elliot has in this whole book. So as Marsh sees the earring, I sat up like in my seat and i yelled loud it's the earring to myself like there was nobody else there I would, but it was this huge epiphany for me of like that earring that's been there the whole time that this payoff like completely worked for me
1: when the first time i read this i i can also relate with you trevor this was a big review for me <laughs> and this was the biggest part that i was trying to keep a straight face whenever elliot pointed it out like four episodes in or something like that. Not actually, but fairly early news. Like, they keep bringing up this earring and I'm like, you're right, they do. Why did I not <laughs> think twice about it?
2: <laughs> and I I still got a good chunk of that payout. I was following the earring as I've frustratingly grappled with multiple times here. I found a lot of the clues and yet still able to find that Answer. There's there's a lot of clues, but they don't tell you exactly what's going to happen or what's going to go on. And so it, it wasn't till this exact moment where I finally understood the implications of all this. I I deduced that it was a hemologic spike. I deduced that that's Ruin's influence on her Reen's voice, all these things. Yada yada yada. But it wasn't until this this point. Even it wasn't even the scene we saw last episode where it's briefly out of her ear. She's fighting Marsh or back at Fadric City, and then she gets to use the mist in that brief moment. Earring goes back in. Even then, I didn't quite get it. It was here in this moment where the earring pulls born instantly. The mist, she breathes it in, sucks it in, whatever, and wields the power. That was the barrier. Preservation's power could not intervene with ruins. Presence, our influence. I'm quite sure how to explain it exactly being there, and so had to remove the element of ruin. Then the presence of preservation can rush in, and oh my goodness, what a scene follows with the demolishing of all the inquisitors. The scene I just read with the stars is all in, in the midst of all that too. Yeah, craziness.
0: So, if you will remember back in the Final Empire one of the big reveals at the end of the book is the Lord ruler can influence metal inside people's bodies and he, and he still pushes her earring out of her ear. And only then does she draw upon the mists, defeats the Lord ruler, puts the earring back in her ear.
1: Okay. One thing, one, one other thing I want to point out about this, I think it's explained maybe in the, I don't remember exactly when this is explained. It may, I think it's in an, um, epigraph may may not be, I actually don't remember for sure it's a bit I don't know, I feel like it's less memorable when stuff happens in the exact chapters whenever I'm listening through on the audiobook but it talks a little bit, it expands a little bit more on how much influence Ruin has over people who have spikes in them or however many spikes, and it Gets to this point of like, the influ the uh, that ruin did have influence over Vin, but basically the extent of his influence was just that he kind of liked having this earring in. So like like she liked having this earring in, so she always had it in. You know she always mm-hmm. had that that earring. Um, it we learn it, it is fairly sentimental to her because it's from her mom, but I don't know how much uh, sentiment you know it's a bit complicated there but whether that is or not like that that's an easy way i think for the listener or the reader to kind of sign off on why she always wears the earring and why it's mentioned but i think it's kind of pointed out here that she's always had this because of just a tiny ounce of 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 ruins influence um, which I thought was interesting. I just thought this was... I didn't think... I think if this wasn't said, if this wasn't pointed out, and this wasn't even a thing that Brandon thought up, this would have been fine. This still would have been fine. I think it's better with like having this knowledge and that kind of being a nod of like, yeah, Ruin has actually had a little bit of influence over Vin because of this earring not much given the like size and placement or whatever, but there is enough to just simply encourage her, I guess, to keep this earring in and that him having the, her having the earring in is why preservation couldn't envelop then or support vent, I guess, which is just really fascinating and really cool to me. Um, and, and I, I just thought that was really cool that was something I definitely missed on, on my first read through
3: and then after all of that Vin just disappears
0: yes and it's from she kills it's from Marsh's perspective we get a point of view swap to Marsh and Marsh thinks to himself ah oh, yes I'm finally gonna die and then she's gone
3: and she, she
2: kills all the other Inquisitors, right? Yep. She's like ticking them off as she's going one down, two down, six down. She kills all of them, 12 of them, I think. Yep. And, and does not.
3: And then vanishes. Yeah. yeah. What's up with that? What is up with that?
0: I remember, so I can't tell you.
1: So I don't remember exactly, but what I remember from like reading these chapters is Vin has a moment that she looks at Marsh with, with all of these spikes in him and says to herself kind of internally, and is like, this is no longer Marsh. I actually don't remember this maybe at the end of last episode. I'm pretty sure it's this episode though. Um, I could I could be wrong on that. It's it's this episode. But, she's
0: about to be kill she's about to kill Marsh, hesitates for a second and says, No, mm-hmm. this is Marsh, and then second guesses herself and says, No, this is ruin.
3: Yeah.
1: I I could be wrong. This may be two different scenes. I, I this may be all the the same. You you might be totally spot on with that and I'm remembering this wrong. But I thought I remember a bit earlier her having this moment of like this is no no longer Marsh, this is this is ruin like his his being, if you will. Um and then later kind of I guess has a bit of sympathy, a bit of like maybe this is Marsh. I, I could be remembering that wrong, but
0: I think I think she's yeah. about to pull out his spike and then she evaporates.
1: Yeah.
3: You know what's about to happen? I have I have a prediction, I have a theory. Okay. But this theory is going
2: to have massive I mean massive Harry Potter spoilers. Oh, okay. So <laughs> if you if you don't want the very end of Harry Potter spoilers, please fast forward 3 minutes in your listening.
0: She names herself Severus?
2: No, 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 no.
0: That's the very end and of not Harry the very Potter. Very last page.
2: Okay, that's the last fine. page. Mr. The climax, the, the Sanderlanch of Harry Potter
3: is Harry dies. Goes
2: to I've watched the movies more recently than I have the books, so I apologize if this is slightly different in the books. Goes to like the train platform and sees Dumbledore there, who has died previously. What if Vin just disappeared? He's going to go into the, the other world, the ether, the spirit realm, the cognitive realm, whatever you want to call it. And is going to have an encounter with Kelsier, a mentor who died previously, have the conversation with all the answers, get sent back to save the world with the answers that she gets from the Kelsier. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, so I've I've waited and I've waited through this episode. I am now declaring a Stormlight spoiler because <laughs> I have to talk about what <laughs> I want to talk about. I have to. Okay. Stormlight spoiler.
3: Elliot, you have predicted that Vin is going to die at I the did. end of the book.
0: I'm going to catch you on a Minutia of detail and description and definition. At the end of Rhythm of War, would you qualify Teravangian as dead? Ooh. Because I think we might be talking about a similar event here.
3: That? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well,
2: yes in the Similar event, similar conversations. That's not what I was thinking of when I predicted that Vin would die. Okay. I was I was thinking specifically of a well, let's tie this to some previous crazy thoughts I've just had. Hero of ages type death that I just defined. Oh. More of the sacrifice to save the world death. Which maybe I guess those are similar or comparable or not Teravangian, but in this scenario. I think what you're talking about is more ceasing to be what you were before and becoming something new. Right. Maybe embodied by a god or a shard or whatever you want to do. That that's not what I was predicting or trying to guess at. I was going for a much more sacrifice myself to save the world. Okay. But those parallel um, yeah,
0: maybe because if you do qualify Terravanjan as dead at the end of Rhythm of War you could argue that Vin just
3: died, right? Yeah. Well,
2: I feel like I can't fully have this conversation with you without visiting the next couple of patients. <laughs> sure, or with with Vin,
0: but all, all I've seen she, of
2: Vin is she's disappeared.
0: She absorbed all of Preservation's power, and then poof, she's gone. Which we're right. we're about to find out what exactly happened. But yes, if it if it slightly
2: answers your question. I don't think I would consider TeraVanjian dead.
0: Okay.
2: I... Different, definitely. Maybe no longer and permanently TeraVanjian we knew before. But I think we know that the vessel changes how the shard... Or maybe you should... maybe The the inverse of that is maybe more accurate. (laughs) The shard changes how the vessel acts. It matters who the vessel is. It's not like... Teravangian ceases to exist, and now it's completely overtaken by, it's it's odium acting through Teravangian. Because right. we know that it's no longer the same odium. Right. Odium acting through rays. Yep. See, I'm up to the nice speed. Job, so nice my stuff, yeah Nice job. Nice job. Did differently than odium through Terravangian So I wouldn't really view Teravangian as dead. Not sure what's about to happen or is happening in this moment to Vin, so I'll I'll get back to you on that in a few days, because I'm probably going to go sit down and read this after this.
0: So, kind of similar question, Uh, my second part that I wrote down earlier. I want to talk about vessels versus the Lord Ruler, because Elliot, you were talking about the Lord Ruler, and you were about to use the phrase vessel, but it's weird. Right? Yeah. Cause the Lord Ruler's still there, but he obviously had or has preservation's power. But in two episodes ago, we just saw preservation die. Right. And the vessel that was not clearly not the Lord Ruler, somebody else, dies on the field of ash out in the middle of nowhere. So what's the distinction?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I
2: don't know. I, I know that term from Stormlight right. vessel, and I kind of know. We just talked about it, like and Ray's, who, whoever else. I kind of sort of feel like I know how a vessel works. Jar doesn't seem like the same logic is applying here on on Scadrial. And I don't know if it's because the shards are different. I don't know if it's because the magic system is. Di-
1: I don't know
0: you have any input on that, Paul?
1: From earlier, I'm I mean the, my thought from earlier was one hundred percent that I would consider Tervangian not dead. Um just given the that's not exactly what you're talking about now, I guess, but but given the influence that I I think they do have influence over the shard a bit. I mean not like too much, but you know, it's it's different. There's there's very notable differences. Um, I don't have I don't have too much on this
3: right now though. So I will say,
0: here's your Cosmere two hundred one class. There's one more term that you guys don't know, and it originates from White Sand, and
3: it will come in Miss Mornera too. And the
0: term is called. Avatar. An avatar of a shard. And I might be misusing the word. I'm not 100%. I'm not an expert on this term. But it's basically a person who is still alive that the shard can then act through. Filter their power through. Funnel is a better word. Their power into that person who is still alive. Um, I would probably argue that the Lord Ruler is an avatar of preservation before that term was used um, in the Cosmere but that
3: term will come up later avatar remember
2: good question that you maybe the answer is Rafo. are you saying avatar as distinctly different from vessel like there, it's two different terms yes
0: specifically different vessel would imply your body is gone. You are holding the shard in the spiritual realm or cognitive realm wherever they are. Um, like cultivation and odium at the end of rhythm of war. Teravancin and what's her face? I don't remember her name. Um, Ter- Coravellium Avast is that her name? Um, those two are vessels. I would argue that the Lord ruler is a avatar or maybe something else that you maybe have seen is an avatar or, you know, you could even are, you can even go down the line of like, Rissin is an avatar of the Dawn shard. Like it, it exists within her, but she's alive. Like that is definitely a misuse of that word, but it's something that you guys know. That's a good, mental picture for you like they're still alive but they have power right. living within them okay okay I didn't think I'd be talking about avatars in this episode that kind of came out of nowhere
1: <laughs> yeah that that is a new one to me
2: anything else gentlemen a uh, couple things I feel like we should mention of, of note okay so miss Miss have disappeared which we were warned was going to happen Yes. Somebody soon, I want to say, Pinsun. knew the mists were going to disappear. Warned people: make sure you're underground when that happens. So as I'm going through this, I'm kind of checking off the boxes of who's underground. Breeze and Spook get underground. Yep. Say's is underground. Ellen and Yeoman they get everybody underground, and then Ellen leaves.
0: Correct. Ellen goes and looks for Vin.
2: And Yeoman
3: gives him something before he leaves. He gives him a little bit of
2: ATM. Which I don't know why ATM is super necessarily important other than I think it gets referred to as the body of ruin. It does. Or something like that. The Condra have the big stash of ATM, but not all of it. Ellen heads out into the Ash waste, no mists with ATM. Everybody else is underground
3: for the most part.
2: Marsh, I guess Marsh not underground.
0: Luthadel's abandoned, thanks to Tensoon. All the sca at yep. least are underground. Yeah, I think that's everybody. I mean, everybody that we've met.
3: Right. So whatever Tensun was afraid was going to happen. Ellen and Marsh are about to take the
0: brunt of it. Except Seizit uh, is underground, but he's now a prisoner at the end of the episode. The, with the coup, right. that there might, they might you know, kick him out.
3: Right. And the, the second
2: generation have kind of taken control of the Tadra situation. Right. And the ATM, I guess, which and we still don't know exactly why that ATM stash is so important.
1: I was I was just about to mention this. This this ends up being like the the moment where Vin kinda sees a flaw, if you will, in ruin. See sees a vulnerability is a better word for it. Of like he needs to find this ATM stash. And that's like um we we I think we mentioned this before. That feels like a very book one Question. It was like the Lord Ruler's ATM. You know, if you get a hold of that, you know, your kingdom is just going to be way more powerful than everyone else. You're going to have such a huge economical and um, militaristic and influential power. You know, and we see here that we we do they do acknowledge. We talked about this before. They do acknowledge that ATM is different from the rest of the metals. It's not mined. It only comes from the pits of Hathsen. and so it's it's a bit more fantastical. It has an actual scarcity, unlike the rest, which can kind of be even like developed. Um, and so the, there's a lot more to ATM, but but I I think that's interesting that we're feels like almost we've kind of circled back to that original plot point, um, which. Personally, with all the other stuff going on, I was a little surprised in this that we would be back with with the ATM stash being like the major pressing point. I guess um, it's pretty cool. I don't have any problem with that. I guess, but I, I was a bit surprised by that.
2: Another one of those things that's kind of been around since the beginning,
1: like the earring. It's
2: we've we've always kind of been wondering from. First half of the first book. Who's got all the ATM? Who's got all the ATM? Where, where is it all? And now we found it.
3: So now, what do, we, what do we do with it? Still don't know?
0: Burn it all.
3: Burn the entire thing at once and see the future.
0: All right, Vin, go ahead. Actually, Ellen might be our best
3: candidate at the moment. Vin's MIA. Anything else?
2: That's enough mind melting thought for me for one day.
0: Uh, do you want to mention your last note on the outline real quick, just as a aside?
2: Oh yeah, I actually forgot that. I I noted down as I was reading one of the conjure in one of the scenes, almost random I don't even remember the context. It didn't even like make sense in, in the the uh, in the moment. One of the conjure just spouts out shadows of self. Yes. <laughs> It like doesn't even make sense in the conversations they're having. There's like, oh, yes, ah, Shadows of Self. Yes, yes, yes. And I, it's, it's one of those things I would just go, okay, whatever, and keep reading. Except that I know that's the title of a book. Upcoming. In Era 2. Which one? And so it stood out to me as like, what the heck? I don't, even remember. I don't even know the order. I think I could probably name all the books, but I don't know what order they go in.
3: Alloy of Law. Shadow of Self. The Bands of, of mourning, mourning. The Lost Mill.
2: So, yeah. I have no clue what that means or what it's referenced to, but one of the conjures says it. So, there we go. There you go.
3: Alright. Do Stormlight Review, gentlemen.
0: Five to two in Elliot's favor. Elliot, you're going to lead this with your chapter name. This one's mildly easier than last week, just for the record.
2: Yeah, whatever. But I don't you, think we've gotten a single one of these yet.
1: You got close. Yeah, that's you got true. close like two that's, weeks ago, three that's weeks ago. True. These chapter ones are <laughs> brutal. The
3: journey.
2: Uh, see, yeah, you you tee it up like it's this easy softball, and then you throw out something. So that can apply to it's so vague and broad of chapters of the journey. Journey, goodness.
3: Um. Okay, so journey. The journey. So journey before destination.
1: That right? is what they say, Ma- yes.
3: Major theme. And you want to know what's happening in this chapter, journey. It is a Dalinar flashback scene where Noodon says some things. Incorrect. My
1: additional shot in the dark is. I should, I
3: should I flashback. I meant vision. Dalinar vision. Mm-hmm. Keep note I meant. I didn't know what you meant. I think this is
1: a Kaladin moment. Incorrect. Okay, so um, <laughs> I was going to say Kaladin <laughs> on the bridge floor, and that's not right. Elliot, you're
0: close. Um, this is Dalinar. Reciting the Way of Kings once again from memory to Elricar and Sadius as they sit and watch Adolin duel, and they are not impressed by the Way of Kings once again. I walked from a to a U- or however the phrase goes. That's the that's the scene. You were close-ish. It was that was my second yeah.
1: guest. It was a Dalinar <laughs> present <laughs> day, and crouched. Noadon
0: did some stuff.
1: No, it's Okay.
0: Paul. Okay. Quote ID. This will be an occupation. We won't be recovering your tonight or anytime soon. So where does that leave me? This is an occupation. We won't be
1: recovering your tonight. It ends with, "So where does that leave me?": So is where does that, right? that leave me?" I, I feel silly. I'm struggling to remember who all is present. I think I know when this scene is. I'm struggling to remember who all is present here. Okay, OK, wait, wait, hold on. I think I might know. Can you read it for me one more time, though?:
0: This will I be have an to occupation. Have
1: to make you reread it. We won't be recovering your hero tonight or anytime
0: soon. So where does that leave me?
3: Okay,
1: I think th- with the, with the like short little response at the end, I think this is Kaladin to his father, to his parents, when they're in Eurythiru, and everything. He's kind of shut down. That's that's what I think it is. Incorrect.
3: that, that that's exactly where
2: my brain got to was Kaladin and Liren talking about what's our place in all this. I was debating whether it was Kaladin to Liren or Liren to Kaladin. So I'm going to go the opposite of what you just said, Paul, and say that this is Liren speaking.
1: Incorrect. I'm glad because I almost did that too, Elliot. I thought thought this was too Kaladin. Here comes the
0: response and this one is a response, so now you're looking for the second person. You are not one of them. You'll always be a member
3: of Bridge 4. Okay. So, this is our
1: Parshman friend, right? Relaine in Kaladin? I don't know if that's the right scene, but I'm going to say that this is originally was maybe Kaladin or Relaine talking to Kaladin and Kaladin responding. It's probably heading correct. to a different Okay.
0: You are correct. Okay. It is Relaine running to Kaladin and saying We won't be recovering your theory tonight, so where does that leave me? And Cal says, You're not one of them. You will always be a member of Bridge Four. Elliot, would you have I got remember. that? Yeah, on the
3: second part, yes. All right. one zero to Paul. Elliot, this is your review. Reread.
0: January 15th, 2024. Once a warrior commits to a path, he either falls in battle or he rises to the challenge. I, on my third read, have come through the storm and I now shine with the light. This story is only getting better. Every read, better. I'm enthralled and too excited, angry at all the right places, and thrilled, all caps, with the oaths, all caps. Yes. I can't wait to read the new novel later this year. All these rereads are so necessary. I love it dearly.
2: Oh, you went for for a positive one as opposed to all the (laughs) negative ones from before. Uh, Okay. What are they reading? And is it a five out of five or is that too obvious? That's the questions. Uh, Okay. Thrill and oath. That's our clues,
3: right? So, oathbringer, I guess. Oathbringer. I think we should go straight and simple on this one. Bringer five out of five. Oh,
1: it is obviously a five out of five. In my head, it can only be—and watch, it's going to be one of the other ones—but it can only be either Oathbringer or The Way of Kings. I don't know why, but in my head, it can only be one of those two. Um, if he's talking about how vital. The rereads are. That was a big point. It's his third read through. It's vital to understanding everything. That makes me think he's really looking at that. Our 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 reader, our reviewer here, is really looking at at like the big Cosmere moments and a lot of big oaths. My initial gut was the Way of Kings, but I think there's way more. Oaths and such later on, and then there's also like the word play of like the thrill and Dalinar and so I'm gonna i guess copy Elliot, and I'm gonna stick with oath bring
0: theres nothing but wrong with
1: if, gamesmanship paul book <laughs> that's right <fair. laughs> if oath if if rhythm of war was a bit more. Action-packed, maybe, maybe I would go with that, but it's a lot less thrilling. There are some thrilling moments, but it's in general less. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Oathbringer five out of five as well. This is a five out of five
0: for The Way of Kings. Oh. Ah, <laughs> they are starting their reread in January of 2024 and they are starting with the way of kings and they are thrilled all caps with the odes all caps there's only one i don't know why we're
2: <laughs> foreshadowing there but
0: yeah i guess yes so there's a refreshing five out of five mm. review for the way of kings for you the one time
1: i don't trust my gut you know <laughs> what have we learned no, i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> Well right. what I have learned is that it's wrong every other time. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Alright, Paul. You are leading two to one with a
0: trivia question of the balance. How long have we how many times have we been here?
1: Too many. We'll we'll probably end up tying. I will and I will <laughs> I'm say not the this. king of trivia. I will preface it with this. If either of you get this,
0: I will be astonished. They, okay. There's
3: no way you guys get this. Bring it on, Paul. According, I can't. Okay,
0: straight face. According to Maribethian culture, what does it mean to have eyes of red and blue?
1: The thing is, I remember this being a point that we talked about at some at some moment. I know this has been brought up to have eyes of red and blue. Ooh, this is a good question. This is a really good question. And it's frustratingly like, oh, like it's Ellie, obviously it's cheating. Very... Elliot's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at that map Cheating. He's got one too. He does <laughs> have one. That's true. Yeah. Hold on. No. Um, it's not like I would go look at it and then come back and be like, yeah, uh <laughs> no. Probably wouldn't help me much. Um To have eyes of red and blue. Okay, okay. So according to Maribeth Meribethian culture, you're just asking what it mean what they are saying it means to have eyes of red and blue, like the an expression. What does the expression mean, yes? Okay. I'm I'm gonna go with the expression means um kind of like a, a hypocritical like like wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing like is, that, is hypocrite the right term for that I'm just going to go with it's it's like a hypocr- it's a it's a way to refer to someone as hypocritical you can give me the buzzer <laughs> correct <laughs> okay
2: I like I like that answer better than what I'm about to spout and you were so you be working as well best I can come up with is that this is from, there's a random interlude, and maybe I've invented this in my head. There's a random interlude where they talk about the moons and the, the stories behind each of the three moons in Roshar, and they have different colors, and there's a story about like a princess or a queen or something that goes along with it all red and blue are like colors associated with the moon, so the eyes of red and blue are like you're associated with the, you know, the moons in the story
1: of the queen, or whatever it was.
0: You did not make that up, but it has nothing to do with eyes of red and blue. All is closer. This is a story that is shared with Kaladin via Sigzil on a bridge run. Or before a bridge run, I should say. And the term means... You are not being honest with yourself. You are not seeing the truth of the situation in front of you. You are either clinging on to a a lie that you would ra- rather believe, or a truth that is untrue. So you it, it, it all wins the wins the week, but um, the the story is like. It, you can either be, in Marabethia. you can either be executed on the spot, if you've done a crime, or you can be hung up for, like, the the great shells um, to come yeah, kill you. Uh, that.
1: That's what I was thinking. Of. And yeah. they
0: die every time, but everybody always chooses that in case they don't die. So, the you're hung upside down, your eyes are blue because of the ocean and red because of the blood. Um, so, you have eyes of red and blue if you're Grasping on to this false hope, and you're not accepting the truth that's in front of you of that you're going
1: to die. Ooh, that's a good one. I i will say, uh, whenever you mentioned it, I thought I knew where this generally came into our story. I thought it was around a similar time, I thought it was around the Sander Lynch of Oathbringer. Actually. It's like I thought there was a moment in there where there's like reference to this or something. I believe it's yeah, chapter forty, a lot of glowing red eyes and stuff. Chapter forty okay. of uh, of the Wave Kings. I just looked this okay. up today. That's cool. I-, I think that's a really cool sentiment and really clever for it to just be such a minor detail. That's one of the things I love because that's so cool and clever. Yeah, and you get the point for the week.
0: <sighs> Thanks for joining me paul and Elliot, five to three headed into our final week of mistborn i don't even know if we're gonna get to a stormlight review next week i'll be honest (laughs) (laughs) next week or the week after yeah who who knows who knows where our next stormlight review is but five to three moving into our next review see you guys later here
2: we go all
1: right see ya